Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. last week was that we need to pray with the right understanding of what prayer is. We need to pray with the right understanding of uh, our purpose in prayer. What is the purpose of actually praying? And then there's a couple other things. We need to understand our authority in Christ. You don't have to know everything about everything, but it helps in prayer to understand your authority and even our calling as believers. Because if we don't understand these things, then when we pray, it's going to be misguided, misdirected. You know, there's some people that, uh, uh, um, that misunderstand prayer so much, the purpose of prayer, they misunderstand their authority as a believer, they misunderstand um, their calling as a believer. They misunderstand it so much that you know what they pray? They pray prayers that they're people that they don't like will die. It's true. I've heard that very often. Like, or they pray that that person, they don't, like we, we've seen this testimony, that person would get fired so that my life is easier in the marketplace. That's a shocking prayer. But those prayers come out of a place of ignorance. Ignorance, misinformation. Yeah, you know, I was just, uh, as I was preparing, the, this thought came up of how prayerlessness, not praying, will cost us more than we realize. Prayerlessness will cost us more than we realize. This is something that, you know, the, the, this teaching, I've asked all the campus pastors to listen to this series as well. So thank you for listening to it, campus pastors, uh, when, it's, uh, when they're listening to the recording. But this is something that we're wanting to get into the culture more and more of Grace Life. Because, I don't know about you, I come from a background where there was an abuse in prayer, maybe. Or it was just, you know, some, some churches it's either boring or other churches it's just uh, tiring. <laughs> and uh, you're kind of like, they, they, it shouldn't be like that. If Jesus could pray all night, then what's preventing us from enjoying that? Okay? And, um, and so prayerlessness will cost us more than we realize. Okay? How? How? In James 4, uh, uh, James writes and says, you have not because you ask not. So our lack of prayer creates lack. Our lack of prayer creates lack. So lack fills wherever prayerlessness exists. So often things aren't happening or there isn't something what, what, that, that we need somewhere because we just fail to pray. You know, in prayer, God, like, like uh, Amber was saying, prayer is also God speaking to us. And so prayer will forewarn us. We spend time in the Father's presence and talking to Him and allowing Him to talk to us. And then He can show us something. He can reveal something to us. And so, you know, prayerlessness creates a lack, even not just, I'm not talking about material lack. I'm talking about lack in general. A lack of, of vision even. A lack of uh, energy. I mean, the, the, I love how in Colossians, uh, in the Passion, in chapter 1, it speaks about how the Spirit in us energizes us. The Spirit in us energizes us. Now think about that. How many of us have been exhausted this week? Okay, there's a couple of us, okay, who are honest. So, now, if we've been exhausted, like, I mean, there's a tangible reality to the fact that we can have the Holy Spirit in us, energizing us. And He's constantly in us, constantly energizing us, but a lot of us are just like, let, let's not even talk about, sometimes physically you're tired because you're working hard and whatever, but often the physical tiredness is related to a heart tiredness. Okay? And that heart tiredness is really just uh, uh, pulling your emotions down, making you tired and weary. And why is it like that? Because your focus isn't on the Spirit of God dwelling in you, energizing you. Okay, so Matthew 26, 41 from the New Living Translation. And we go, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. So one of the other uh, 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 effects of prayerlessness is temptation. <laughs> okay, doesn't mean you're not going to have temptation. 
when you do pray. But, and it doesn't mean that when you don't pray, you're going to sin. It just means when you don't pray, you're accommodating a battle that you may have been able to avoid. If you aren't praying, you might be creating space that you have to face something that in prayer you would have been forewarned and you wouldn't need to have faced that otherwise. This is because the wisdom of God comes to us as we draw it out in prayer. And then often we don't have wisdom for a situation because we weren't actually drawing. We were thinking naturally. We were operating naturally. We weren't operating on a spiritual high. It sounds funny, but it's true. Okay, so let's move on. Last week we had this verse and I just wanted to uh, recap Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 to 28. It says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his image. In the image of God he created him, male and female. Created he them. That answers a lot of questions. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl, the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So what I want us to get out of this passage is that this is the mind of God pertaining to earth and matters on earth. Okay, this is, what, this is kind of like how creation is set up. And it's important for us to see this in order to understand prayer. Okay, God gave man authority over all the works of his hand. Okay, therefore we determine what happens here. This is going to answer a lot of questions for some of us. God gave mankind authority to direct the course of things on earth. Amen. That's what this verse is saying. Take dominion. Okay, this was how God wanted it to be. And if we think about it, if we look at, at Genesis, God's desire was that through our communion with Him, through prayer is part of communion, fellowshipping with the Father, through that we would then be reigning and ruling on earth. Can you agree with me that without talking to God and having His wisdom spoken back to us, we would be poor rulers? That shows us what happened with Adam. Poor rulership. Okay, so prayer directs things on earth because we were put here to rule and reign on the earth. God doesn't run things here. If God was running things, I think the earth would be in better shape. And so many times we have why God questions. If God is so good, why does he allow this and that the next thing? And this shows us exactly, go back to Genesis. This shows us he gave authority for mankind to rule on earth. So the problems are not God. He's the solution. People often blame God for the bad things on earth, but he's not the one running things. Okay? The earth wouldn't be in the mess that it is if God was running things. But he created the earth perfect, handed it over in a perfect state to Adam, and Adam made wrong choices by walking in disobedience. Okay? And there was consequences to that. And praise God, he had a plan to fix it. <laughs> okay? So does it mean, a good question comes up from that, that um, man has authority over heaven, where God is. Or by implication, has authority over God who created it. Does it mean that we have authority over God? Absolutely not. Does it mean we have authority over heaven? Yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis chapter 1, right? So heaven and earth have a beginning. God doesn't. Something to stretch your brain a little bit. So where, where, where was he when he created? <laughs> he wasn't in heaven. Yeah? So Paul, let's look at what Paul says. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Verse 16, speaking of God, who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor 
and everlasting power. Amen. So Paul is saying God is immortality and dwells in unapproachable light. Okay, not in heaven, but that's where, that's where he was or is. God is known in Christ. We've, we've looked at that a couple times in different uh, 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 sermons or messages, but God, we know God in Christ. And when Jesus ascended on, uh, uh, after the resurrection, this is how the, the Bible describes it, Ephesians 4.10. He that descendeth is the same that ascendeth far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. So far above all heavens. I'm just trying to show you like our, and we're not digging into heaven right now, but our understanding of heaven is usually based on Hollywood, which is not correct. Because here we see that God outside of heaven created the heavens, and here we see uh, uh, that he ascended far above the heavens. Okay, so there's something else going on at work here. You know, God, where's God's dwelling place? It's not in heaven. He's not dwelling in heaven. Okay? He dwells in the believer today. The believer is God's dwelling place. The man that has believed the gospel is now, has the, now has the light of life dwelling in him. Okay? Look at uh, John chapter 8, verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So this was a promise that was fulfilled in Christ. This was a promise fulfilled in Christ. Now, those who are of God in Christ, what does it say that we have? The light dwells in us. We have the light of life. Uh, some translations put it as the light that leads to life. But the light is life, and the light definitely leads us to life. So both are correct. Amen? So, 1 Corinthians 3.16 and 1 Corinthians 6.19, we're not going to look at them. But both of these passages speak about us as believers being His dwelling place. Okay, so where does God live? In you, in me. Okay, we are His dwelling place. So anyone who sees the believer... Anyone who sees you this week sees the dwelling place of God. It's not a church. It's not a building. It's not a book. The dwelling place of God is us. Okay? So you don't... Uh, oh, I think we, we, we understand that. But let's, let, let's look at this. Like, you know that earth controls what's happening in heaven. We can go into more detail about what heaven is and stuff another time. But let's see this. You know, the sin of Adam, where did it happen? On earth. Okay? It affected heaven. I'm showing you this because we need to be able to see that what we do on earth affects heaven. And the prayers that we pray affect heaven. The prayers we don't pray affect heaven. The things we don't do affect heaven. Okay? You know, when Jesus rose from the dead, He rose from the dead on? Earth, the third day on earth. <laughs> so it's right. Yeah? Uh, uh, he cleansed. Now, now, let's look at this, this passage in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 23. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 23. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens, the pattern of things where? Where? It says it there. It's not a trick question. In the heavens should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Now what I want you to see there is that the heavenly things, the, the pattern of them needed to be purified. Okay? And how was it purified? By something that Jesus did on earth. Okay? So, he was uh, to exercise his authority in heaven and on earth. Okay, he was given authority over all the, all the creations of God, but he did not have it because of sin. This is Adam now. So Adam was given dominion over earth, but there it says God created heavens and earth, so what he did on earth affected heaven. So in, 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 in um, uh, implication, he had then authority in heaven as well, not where God dwells at that stage. Okay. <clears throat> But let's look at this. The earth is man's residence. And he controls the creations of God. So the earth decides which direction heaven flows. 
So that's why Jesus said, pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because what we're praying and doing here is determining the flow of heaven on earth or not. Okay, look at Matthew chapter 18 verse, what is it? 19, King James and Passion. Again, I say to you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. So look at that. Let's read the Passion because it's up there. Again, I give you an eternal truth. If two of you agree to ask God for something in a symphony of prayer, an agreement, in a unity in prayer, my heavenly Father will do it for you. My Father in heaven will do it for you. So what we pray here or what we do or agree upon here, where does it affect? Heaven. Okay. Man was created to be in charge. If two of us agree, then there's something that's going to happen somewhere. Okay. Whatever we allow or disallow, heaven will allow or disallow. Can you see that? But it's obviously not going to happen if you don't understand your authority. If you don't understand what you should be, what, what is the purpose of prayer and are you functioning within that purpose? Because like I said last week, we often told, especially we, we say this and it's okay to tell this to a new believer. Prayer is just talking to God to so just talk to God. It's okay to do that. But most of us were in error with regards to prayer for so long because we were uneducated. You know, the, the purpose of discipleship is to train us in how to be like, live like believers. And part of living like a believer is knowing how to pray. And in order to pray effectively where there's fruitfulness, we need to understand authority. We need to understand purpose. And we need to be choosing to walk in that. Otherwise, our prayer life is going to be powerless. And that describes a lot of Christians, right? Praying things that, that we shouldn't be praying in directions we shouldn't be praying. We always may be praying even, I mean, self-centered prayers more than God's heart kind of prayers. So, you know, God gave man authority. And when we understand that authority, we pray results. We get results. How many of you want results when you pray? All of us do. Okay, so Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. And I will give unto you, unto thee, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Okay, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And so Jesus is saying this, the same thing in the previous verse that we read, and now he's repeating it in the same chapter, in chapter 18. And what is he saying? He's calling authority on earth the keys of the kingdom. He's calling authority on earth keys of the kingdom. So understanding authority gives us the right and honor to function in the kingdom of God. So many believers are not experiencing the, the fruitfulness that they could experience or enjoying a kingdom life because they are not functioning in an understanding of authority. They're kind of just wafting through life, wafting through everything, kind of just hoping for the best. And if I do my best, God will do the rest. And uh, uh, hopefully it will be blessed. Or whatever you want to say. You know, so we kind of just go through life like that. God bless me, bless me, bless me. But, there's a nice song like that. It came on, the, uh, came on our um, music device at home today. And it's a really cool song. We like the beat and everything. I had to say to Marvin, I was like, oh, I love this song. I was like, I do too, but the words are terrible. <laughs> but we'll listen to it and enjoy it. But it's just bless me, bless me, bless me. You know, it's, it's, it's okay if that's where you're at, but it's, you've got to grow up. Anyway, what happens in the earth determines what happens in heaven. That's how God made things to be. That's why whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So prayer is exercising our authority. That's part of the purpose of prayer. Exercising our authority. It's our way of running things even on earth. I can give many testimonies of situations where I just, I didn't know what else to do but pray. And I prayed for someone else or whatever and things radically changed around. And it's amazing how quickly they changed as well. 
Sometimes maybe it's a bit longer, but you know, the point is that sometimes you can't do something. You can't give wisdom. You can't get involved. You can't make decisions. But we can pray and work behind the scenes to be able to, to see things come to pass. So prayer, we, we need to know this, with regards to prayer, it's not begging God to do something. It's exercising our authority, our God-given authority. He said to us, take dominion. And in the New Testament, what did, he, what did Jesus say? All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, therefore go. So the therefore is there, it's like a power of attorney transfer. Okay? He, he's giving us now the authority and the right to operate in his place. So Matthew chapter 28 says, you know, all authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. We're going to look at that just now. Therefore go. The therefore is saying the authority and I've been given, now I give to you. And because you've got this authority, he tells us what to do with it. Go. Not sit and pray for wealth. Not sit and try and, and, and sort your life out. God wants to sort your life out. God wants to help you get into a healthy place, in a position. Most definitely, you can't be a blessing if you're not blessed. But, this is the big thing we need to see. The authority is primarily to go for His purpose, not your purpose. Okay? So, prayers, where are they answered? <laughs> Don't answer. They're answered on earth. Okay, all our needs, where are they? On earth. You don't have a need in heaven. Okay? And here's an interesting thing. God is not going to send anything from heaven for you when you pray. What, what can He send? He can't send anything. What has He sent to you? The Spirit. Pentecost now. Okay, Jesus came, died, rose again, ascended, then you have the, the Spirit coming. Now we're full of the Spirit of God, meaning we've got everything we need. We often look at our bank balance and think we don't have anything we need, but God's looking at us and seeing us full of Jesus and saying, you've got what you need. Full of His power, full of His goodness, full of His glory. God placed man here and planned that all of our needs would be met here. He put wealth in the earth for us to mine out. So even the decision for us to be saved and go to heaven, where is that decision made? On earth. It's not made in heaven. So your decision here affects heaven. Okay? God had to become man in order to exercise authority here. He delegated authority in Genesis. He gave it over to man. And so he couldn't come and just fix things. He had to come in a human form. That's why Jesus came. God in the flesh. Okay? So, let, let's ask this question. Why? Uh, it's, it's kind of like, why did Jesus have authority? Or, or how? Okay, let's look at Luke chapter 5, verse 24. But that ye may know that the Son of Man, okay, the Son of Man, has power, authority upon the earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy couch, and go into thine house. And the Passion says, to prove to you all that I, the Son of, have the lawful authority to, on earth to forgive sins. I now say to you, stand up, carry your stretcher, and go on home, for you are healed. So Jesus exercised authority over sin, over sickness, over disease, over demons, over weather, over nature, as the Son of Man. Okay? Not as the Son of God. As the Son of Man. Okay? God gave man the authority. That's why Jesus, or God became man to be able to use that authority. Because the Spirit cannot use that. It doesn't have authority. That's why the Holy Spirit wants to dwell in man so that he can have authority on earth. That's why the devil wants to dwell in man so that he can have authority on earth. 
Because if the devil pitched you up here in a spiritual form, he can't do anything except scare you. What should we do? Point and laugh. But he can't do anything unless he's got someone cooperating with him. Don't let it be you. Okay? I mean, Judas, case in point. Judas, case in point, right? I mean, he's at the Last Supper. He's traveling with Jesus. He's, he's doing all of these things with Jesus. He's seeing the miracles. But the devil needed someone to work through. And Judas said, here I am. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, Jesus understood authority. And because of that, he always had answered prayer. Think about that. Jesus called himself the Son of Man. And that's where his authority was. As a man, not as God. If it, if it was as God, then it kind of defeats the object. He did the miracles as a man who understood authority. He commanded evil spirits out of people. And he expected them to leave. He spoke to blind eyes and he expected them to open up. He called Lazarus out of the tomb from the dead and he expected him to get up and come out. Okay? Think about that expectation that Jesus had. He didn't kind of like, let's see if this is going to work. <laughs> let's hope and pray and wish that this is going to work. Guys, come. All his expectations came to pass. Why? Because he was a man of authority. That doesn't just mean he got some kind of special authority dumped on him. He understood his authority as a man on earth. And our problem is we don't understand our authority as men, mankind on earth. And now even as Holy Spirit filled men and women on earth. Okay? Listen to what people said of Jesus. Matthew chapter 7, 28, 29. By the time Jesus finished speaking, the crowds were awestruck by his teaching because his words carried such great authority, quite unlike the religious scholars. We don't want to be like that. Like the religious scholars who just talk, 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 talk. We want to see results. Amen? We want to see change. We want to see things happen. Luke 4, 36. Great astonishment swept over the people and they said among themselves, What kind of man is this? who has such power and authority. With a mere word, he commands demons to come out and they obey him. So Jesus taught with authority. Okay? He, he did many mighty works uh, because he was using his authority. Okay? Yes, he was God in the flesh, but the in the flesh part is what allowed him to use that authority. And that authority that he operated in, he's given to us. Okay? He did not do anything because he was God. He laid aside his divinity. And he became a man like you and me. Okay? He read the scriptures for himself. He prayed for himself. He depended completely on the Holy Spirit in what he was doing. What did he say? I can do nothing but by my Father. I speak nothing but what I hear my father say. Okay, there was a dependency. He would not get any answers to his prayer if he, didn't have a, if he hadn't have understood his authority. Okay? Not only did Jesus function in authority, but he also gave his disciples that authority. On earth, to cast out devils, to cure diseases. Luke chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. Look at it. Then he called his 12 disciples together and he gave them power and authority over all devils. How many devils? All devils. And to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Okay? So now Jesus is the authority which he's operating in, he's delegating it, he's giving it somewhere. Luke chapter 10, verse 17 says, When the 70 missionaries, the sent ones, uh, returned to Jesus, they were ecstatic with joy, telling him, Lord, even the demons obeyed us when we commanded them in your name. They hadn't experienced something like this up until now. They were amazed that, hey, it was working for them too. So Jesus shows us here that man has authority over devils. Okay? He's showing us that we have authority over sickness and we have authority over diseases. Okay? 
The 70 that he gave authority over, uh, uh, over unclean spirits, demons, sickness, disease, all of that, and even over nature, they demonstrated it and they reported back, even the devils are subjected to us. Okay? The authority that he gave them, what was it? His name. He gave them his name. Okay, he sent them to use his name against sickness. In my, we went, they went in his, you could say, stead, in his place, in his authority. Okay, he sent them in his name against sickness, disease, over unclean spirits. And the use of the name of Jesus is what brought about the miracles. Think about Acts chapter 3. The lame man, okay, not talking about his jokes, but talking about his legs. He couldn't get up, okay? And what did uh, uh, the disciples say to him? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And then later on in the same chapter, they testify about how it wasn't their power, but, power, but faith in His name. That's where the authority came from, okay? Matthew chapter 28, what we were talking about. He rose, after Jesus rose from the dead, He says this, all power, all authority is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So Jesus was speaking here as a man who had been raised from the dead. Okay? All authority in heaven and earth was given to him because he was a man who was raised from the dead. Okay? He, he occupies the highest place in heaven as a man who was raised from the dead. Okay? He's much better than angels, not because he's God, but because he's a man with authority. Okay? So, that's just some interesting things that we need to know about our authority. But let's go further. Satan has no authority on earth. He's an outcast. If we don't give Satan our minds or our bodies, he can't function here. Okay, he cannot function here. He has to have human cooperation to do something here. And unfortunately, he's got enough of it. Amen? <laughs> okay, he can't do anything on earth without man's permission. Because who's got dominion over the earth? Man. Okay, he can only function with information from a, a, a man in order to execute something here on earth. So he has to give you the idea or give someone else who's working for him because we're not working for him. Amen? Okay, so the Bible shows us that... Let's look at it. Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 to 8. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be re revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. So he laid aside his divinity, his godlikeness, his godness, I don't know how to put that, but he laid it aside so that he could become like us, Obviously empowered by the Spirit to be able to do what he did. So Jesus would not have robbed God of anything if he maintained all of his divinity. But if he did, he wouldn't have functioned as a man. If he had functioned on earth as God, he wouldn't have been functioning as man. Okay? And what makes it so amazing is, is that he said what? The same works that I do, you'll do in greater. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit. He was, the way He was functioning shows us the way that we can function. Because we are also men filled with the Spirit. Just like Jesus Christ of Nazareth was. Okay? It, it really makes a big difference when you see that. So, John chapter 5, verse 22 to 23, and then 26 and 27 says, For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. 
He that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father which has sent me. For the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given the Son, uh, given the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. See that? He put on flesh, and then Jesus had authority to execute judgment. Because he became man. Okay, God committed all judgment into the Son of Man. His hands. God was manifested in the flesh. His humanity gave him the right to function in a material world. God couldn't function without having a body. Okay, and what that body was, was Jesus, Christ, uh, uh, the God incarnate, God in the flesh. Okay, now, God still needs a body to operate on the earth. That body is the church. That's what the, the church is known as, the body of Christ. He's not going to do anything unless we do something. He cannot do anything unless we do something. And that's the, that's the weight of the call that we have. So understanding our authority is foundational for answered prayer. Understanding purpose is foundational for, for having answered prayer. Because it also gives us clear understanding of what we can expect. <laughs> Meaning what we should expect. What we should pray for and what we should expect. Okay, so when Jesus came across a man who understood authority, the expression that Jesus had of that man, it's like Jesus was like, wow, I like this guy. Right? He had a, he had a high regard for, for the centurion. Matthew chapter 8, verse 8 to 13. And he called his great faith. Look at it. But the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come to my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I'm under authority of my superior officers. And I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go. Or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. So how does he get those working for him to do something? The centurion. He says something. He says something. He uses words. Verse 10. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. Many, but many Israelites, uh, those uh, for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the Roman officer, Go back home because you believed it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. Don't worry. <laughs> so the Roman military officer understood what authority was. Amen? He understood what authority was. Jesus told him exactly how authority worked. He told him to speak the word only. Well, that, that, that's what the, the, the centurion said to Jesus. Speak the word only. He knew how authority word, word, works. It works through words. Okay? Not begging. Not words that beg, right? It's not begging words. It's bold words. It's assertive words. It's confident words. It's words of power. Okay? Um, the guy practiced this over his soldiers and he had seen them at work and so he was expectant that this would happen because he knew Jesus had authority. Okay? Authority is backed up with power. None of us have any power here except the Holy Spirit in us. And we've got authority to use that Holy Spirit. As we pray, as we speak, as we, we, we declare things or whatever, it's like it releases something. It releases the power of God to operate. The same thing with the power of the enemy. When we speak the wrong things, sometimes it's releasing the power of the enemy. That's why some people are in the mess that they're in. So, the healing of the servant was dependent on the words of authority from a man who understood authority given to man by God. So what I'm trying to show you is that we need to understand authority. 
in order to see our prayer fruitful, our prayer life as fruitful. But there's another aspect here that I want to speak about, and, how, and that is also how in prayer, prayer is more of a relationship than request. Prayer is, you know, we, we can very easily get into a time of prayer and come with our shopping list and our dreams and our visions and our whatevers and our goals and thank God for, that He's gracious. Amen? <laughs> you know, how many of you like it when, when, when uh, people only come and talk to you or, or want to be your friend because of what, you, they can, what benefit they can get from you? Do you like that? Imagine you know, how gracious God is because most people's prayer life is about what they can get out of it. Now there is a place for authority and speaking to situations and sickness and whatever. But there's such a fellowship that God desires in prayer for us. Like when we pray just now, it's not a case of, Father, let, we just want to lift up our requests to you. There's a place for that. And we will pray for, especially those that are, are, are physically in need. You know, health-wise and things like that. But, God, what do you want to say to me? God, what's on your heart for me? God, I don't know why, but I have that person on the other side of the room on my heart. What do you want to say to them? How can I encourage them? Give me a word for them. Or Holy Spirit, just bring someone to your mind and you're like, wow, I'm thinking of this person. Maybe I should contact them. Okay? Prayer is more about relationship than requests. Yeah, God instituted prayer, you could say, not just as a, a way to submit requests, <laughs> but as a means of communication. Communication is two ways. Okay? In prayer, we must make our requests made known to God, yes. But it's more about relationship, fellowshipping with Him. You know, when did Jesus ever pray because he had a need? He prayed all night. I wonder what he said. I wonder what he was doing. How many of you have spoken to a friend all night? I haven't done that for years because I sleep now at night. <laughs> but, but think about it. Like it's easy just to talk to someone all night that you enjoy talking to or that you can talk to or you haven't seen in a long time or whatever. That's what Jesus did in prayer. Okay? It was relationship. We don't need to inform God about anything when we pray. Think about that. When we pray, we don't need to inform God about anything. Father, Etienne is in so much pain right now. We want to, we want to see him healed, Father. He's, so, he's so feeling so sick. And it's like, do you think God knows that? Of course he knows that. Okay, Etienne's not sick or in pain, but I'm just an example. Like, we, we often feel like prayer is trying to tell God about the situation because He doesn't know. Why? Because we like talking about the problem. Let's be honest. You know, and before we've even spoken to God about the problem, we've spoken to 10 other people anyway. So we're just telling God what we've told everybody. And then when we finish with God, we'll go and tell another 10 people. Okay? Like, I think that in our hearts really negates the authority. It really works against us working in the authority that God's got for us. Because now we're focused solely on the problem and not who we are in Christ. We're not focused in on what we could see result in the situation. Man has authority on earth. This is why we pray. Because God's not going to get involved without our permission. But even without a problem, even without a, an issue in your life, God's not going to get involved in your life without your permission. So we spend time fellowshipping and in prayer. Father, what's on your heart? We want to know what's on your heart for us. Why? Because He's wanting to speak to us. He's wanting to say something to us. He's wanting to uh, 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 get involved in our lives. I mean, why would God put someone on your heart and say, pray for this individual? Because God wants to intervene in someone's life. And maybe that individual, he can't, he's not getting through to them. And so then he knows, hey, Anna's listening. Anna, pray for, for, for Sean. Because he's not in a, a great space right now. <laughs> and, he, and he's not listening to me, so pray for him. And so then Anna prays for him, gets a word, encourages him. And hey, that's why Sean's back at church. 
<laughs> because now his heart is open to the Lord. Amen. Yeah. It's not really what happened, but maybe. <clears throat> yeah. When Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, think about it was a model. It wasn't a pray this prayer that we have to recite. It wasn't a ritual. Okay. But now, what was he saying in the prayer? The, the number one thing, Matthew 6. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven. Our Father. It's, it's talking about relationship. Because without relationship, there's no basis for prayer. Without relationship. What type of relationship? You are my Father. I am your child. My Father. Okay, if we understand this, that God is a good Father... And I am in relationship with Him, then we understand that there's, there's something more that we can understand about prayer and authority and prayer. I'm talking to my dad and he wants the best for me. I'm talking to my father and he knows my needs. I'm, he wants the best for me. So I never have to worry about something. I just need to talk to him and get the direction or the wisdom or whatever it is that I need. If we fully understand and are conscious of our relationship with Him, that, that's like a huge stepping stone, a huge jump forward in authority, in understanding His heart and knowing Him and being able to pray with boldness and confidence. Amen? So for a believer to be effective in prayer, be fruitful in prayer, we have to have this foundation, the foundation that of relationship with the Father, number one. Okay? Then we have to understand that we've got authority. We've got the power of the Spirit in us, but we've got authority to use that power for His purposes. And we have to understand our identity in Christ with that. So as we pray, we don't pray hoping and wishing. We pray with confidence and boldness, knowing God wants the best for me. So thank you, Father, that you show me how to pray into this situation. Or show me what, what I should pray for. Or here's a sickness. You don't have to ask God, should I pray for this person who's sick? You, you minister to them. And like I said, prayer is not begging God. He gave the disciples authority to go out and just heal the sick. Because He wants the sick healed. And so we never have to wonder about the will of God concerning healing. Or even freedom from, from demonic uh, uh, um, uh, tormenting and all of that kind of stuff. We, because God's will and desire is always freedom. Is always healing. Is always salvation. Okay, so we can step out boldly and minister in those things because we know it's operating in God's heart. Amen. So we're going to spend some time just in prayer now. And I want to encourage you, like, uh, like we've said a couple of times now, prayer is not just speaking. Prayer is listening. And you might have some need we will we, happy you, if we don't deal with it in this time now feel free to come up and we'll pray for you afterwards but allow God to speak to you now in the next couple of moments and as we pray and as we spend time just listening to what's on God's heart be expectant why? because number one God speaks and He's speaking to you right now and so you just need to tune in you can hear His voice if you're born again you know His voice okay number two be confident of His goodness. He wants the best for you. So if there's something that's not good in your life, He wants to deal with it. Whether it's bondage, whether it's sickness, whether it's a, a wrong thinking, whatever. Okay? And then let's allow Him just to minister as He wants to right now. What I mean by that is we're going to pray in the Spirit. You can come up, Mark. And, and you, we're going to pray in the Spirit. We're going to just, uh, 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 you can just be quiet and allow God to speak to you. Trust Him for a word for someone else. Trust Him for a word to come up and share the word. Or just allow Him to just minister to you, wherever you're at. Some people don't like the mic. I appreciate that. I understand that. Then don't try and come up. But let's just allow Him to minister. And you step out at the level that you're at. If you feel like you can come up and give a word, then come. If you feel like you can go over to someone and just pray for them, go for it. Okay? But I know God wants to speak to every single one of us right now. So Father, I thank you that as we, we just wait on you in this time and just give you the space and, 
as we just pray, I thank you, Father, that you're speaking, that you guide us and that you lead us in what we need to know, what we need to focus on. I thank you for words of prophecy and words of knowledge and words of wisdom to flow in the name of Jesus. If you pray in the Spirit, just begin to pray in the Spirit softly. And if you don't and you'd like to, I want to encourage you, just ask Jesus for that gift right now. I believe He's going to speak. He's going to, he's going to minister through you in the gift of tongues. Thank you, Father, right now. Just your spirit, just refreshing every single one in this room. I feel like there's some who are really just not refreshed right now. You, you've been going through a very challenging, tiring time and there's, there's, there's been many issues. And I just feel like God's just saying, hey, you just need to focus in on me. And allow me, my spirit in you, to refresh you. Holy Spirit, I thank you for refreshing right now for whoever that is. That's you. Just put out your hands to, as a sign of receiving from God. And just, just begin to pray in the Spirit. And allow the rivers of living water to refresh you. If you can stand, let's stand up together. If you have a word at any point, feel free just to come up. Have an interesting word here. Just feel like somebody is you've got a problem with maybe visual awareness or your imagination or um, even sometimes emotional and I'm, I'm kind of all of these things are maybe ticking off for you you know spatial ability even interpreting social cues there's a bunch of things that you're struggling with or you've maybe even been diagnosed with that if that's you while we're praying and just focusing on the Lord, I want to encourage you just to come forward. And I just want to pray with you. I'm not going to pray for you over the mic. I'm just going to pray for you on the side. But if that's you, just come forward. Thank you, Father. And Father, we just we even pray just for this community in Rondebosch, for uh, Grace Life Rondebosch. We thank you that you give us the wisdom and the strategy that we need to be able to reach more people. I thank you that you show us how we can, we can uh, uh, take salvation to more people and bring them in for discipleship. Thank you, Father, that you show us how we can expand, how we can reach more for your glory, for your kingdom, Father. Thank you that you raise up and even draw in more leaders, more people who can carry the work and can do the work to reach out with your message here, Father, and seeing more people coming to the truth, coming to the light in the name of Jesus. Thank you that those that are, are lying dormant, Father, that they would uh, just begin to rise and shine. That anybody who you are stirring up to step up and step out, that they wouldn't hold back any longer, but they would rise and shine in the name of Jesus. They wouldn't allow fear, fear of man or anything else to hold them back from walking in your purpose for them. In Jesus' name.
that just uh, coming away, Father, that she's going to be ready to just take on every one of those opportunities, Father. Just being a testament, just being a minister of reconciliation to, to so many people. And just bring across the path in Jesus' name. Thank you for courage, boldness, and just a continuation of zeal, passion, mm. and a desire to be about a father's business. In Jesus' name. They also just really feel like um, there's someone here, maybe it's more than one person, where like your the path for your life, like you've you've set it out so far in advance, like you've you've planned, you've purposed, you've you've kind of uh, you feel like you you stuck because there's so much planning and and things that you've put into getting to a specific place, and you're really challenged in this time of your life because you there's a prompting to a different course there's a there's an instruction to a different course and you know it's hard but it's super challenging because you don't know how it's going to work out you you're over analyzing and it just doesn't make sense to you and i just want to encourage you just just give over to god just allow him just allow him to take you by the hand and usher you into the season that he's got prepared for you because you're going to regret just continuing carrying on just because you've put the work and you've put the hours and you've put all of the time in. Don't think about this comedy. Give over to him and go on the course and the path that he's prepared for you. Thank you, Jesus. John? For you, I just feel a word for you. Um, I just feel like God's just saying you're not stuck. Feel like you, 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 there's some area maybe of your life where you maybe feel stuck. Is that true? And it feels like I, I kind of even see like a spider's web. It's like sometimes you kind of roll here and then you're stuck there and then you go there and you're stuck there. It's kind of like you, you don't know how to kind of actually just do what you want to do sometimes. Uh, and I just feel like I'm just saying you're not stuck and you're, you're allowed to be your own person. I just feel him just wanting to say that he's your father and he wants to father you and yes you've got people around you but like seek him for the wisdom that you need and the direction that you need because his way is better than anyone else's way and he can help you out of the 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 the, the, the sticky patches the, the places where you feel stuck he wants to just bring you out of those places into a place of freedom really and so father i just speak freedom over john right now I just speak freedom over him right now in the name of Jesus. In those areas where he feels trapped, I thank you, Father, for release. And I thank you, Father, that he just sees the way out that you have created for him. Where he needs a way out, I thank you that you've created a way out and that you'll show him the way out and that you're going to lovingly lead him there, Father. Thank you for a boldness. I feel like God's just saying a boldness is rising up within you to be able to move forward. To be able to make decisions and to be able to really get on with what he's put inside of you because it's kind of like life hasn't started yet but it's getting there and i just feel like god's saying there's purpose for you there, he's got something great for you but don't don't wait for it to happen you've got to step into it and so for you as well it's time to rise and shine father i just thank you that he would rise and shine that whatever shackles are on him i thank you that they would fall off in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Natasha? Natanya, sorry. <laughs> I just felt like God oh, just putting on my heart. Like there's been many people who've hurt you. Many people who continuously maybe just said things about you or even to you or the way that they treat you and things like that. And I just felt them like just bring up in my heart that there's been a number of things, hurts like that, which you brush off easily but uh, they still cause pain. And I just feel like I'm just saying to you, like he, he understands and he knows and he wants you to know that he's with you and he wants you to know that he cares. And I just feel like right, like tonight, he wants to just break that off of you and so that you can live free from that because if you can't live free if you're carrying all of that all the time and you tend to carry those things even though you don't show those things. You kind of try and hide those things so it doesn't show to anyone else. But God sees that you're carrying these things and you try not to speak about them, but they're, they're affecting you. And so, Father, I thank you right now by your spirit that you are just ministering freedom. 
to Natanya's heart. And that those hurts that have held her back for so long, Father, would just begin to fall off in the name of Jesus. That she would forgive, let go, and move on. I just feel like God's saying they can't hold on to you any longer and the enemy cannot use them against you any longer. You're moving forward. Some people have maybe even said to you that, uh, 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 you know, you're done. Like, that there's no more purpose for you. There's nothing else that you can do really. Just, you're useless. There's, there's not, what are you doing with your life? There's nothing to do. And I just feel like God just saying that none of that's true. There's still much more that He's got in store for you. And He wants to re- just re- um, refresh and just refuel your heart for what lies ahead. Because the next chapter can be better than the previous one. And Father, I just speak restoration over her heart. I thank You that You restore her heart, that You restore her, her mind, and, and that You just refresh her, that she would be oozing more joy than usual, Father. That she wouldn't have to put it on. That she wouldn't have to try and manufacture joy sometimes when she feels like she can't, but that it would just spring up from within her in the name of Jesus. I just speak life over you. Life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, that your love just consumes her now and just refreshes her and restores her in the name of Jesus. Feel like God just saying, You are my beloved daughter. You are my beloved daughter. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I thank you just for refreshing her right now. In Jesus' name. Um, I'm not sure who this is for, but there are, I think there are a few people in here that are just questioning the fact that they can't hear God. Um, and you are expecting a booming voice coming into your head and expecting something huge that's going to, you're going to take it as God. God is quiet and often comes in your own Father, that uh, you just open up ears. If you, if you feel like you're struggling to hear from God, I want to encourage you to just close your eyes right now and just put your hand on your chest and just begin to thank God that you can hear His voice because you're His child. So just, just do that right now. If you're struggling to hear from God, just, just say, thank you, Father, I do hear your voice because I'm your child. And then just begin to allow Him, just wait and just allow Him just to speak to you. I believe he wants to. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I just feel like there's someone here as well. You're struggling with regret. I don't know what the regret is. I don't want to point you out in case uh, <laughs> it just, I don't want to expose you. But, but like I feel like there's someone here you're really struggling with a bad decision that you've made. And it's kind of like, how do I control Z? <laughs> how do I undo this? How do I backtrack? And it's like, there isn't a backtrack, but God's just saying He can redeem it. He can turn the mistake into something if you just allow Him to. But you're going to have to let go of that and move forward. I mean, this is a good word for all of us when we make mistakes. But for that person who's just, just being uh, uh, immersed in, in regret right now, I just speak freedom over you. And I thank you, Father, that you, are, you have set them free, but that they would allow themselves to be free from their regret. That they wouldn't hold on to that regret. They wouldn't allow that regret to hold them back. But that they would just make peace with it and move on now. In the name of Jesus. 
Yeah, I just think, um, so I feel like someone in this room or a family member of yours struggling with headaches, um, mainly on the left side, uh, it can even be caused by the teeth. Um, and I just feel like God telling you that you, we have the power to speak to ourselves. You don't need someone to come to you, it doesn't need someone to put your hand on your shoulder that you can speak to it. And He just wants you to feel, to know that you are healed and you can pray to it and you just speak life to it. And yeah, I just, just want to speak now to it and say that thank God for knowing that power that you have. And you can just go out and if it's a family member, it's yourself. Just do it, just take that boldness and go out. Amen. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. And... Father, I just thank you right now that in your in the way that you do best, just 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 shower your your love and us help us to, to be able to see the, the height, the depth, the breadth, the length of your amazing love for us, that we would our hearts would just be open to, to catch that revelation again of how loved we are, how secure we are in your love. That nothing can shake us, nothing can move us from that love, but that we are secure in you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Cape Town area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.co.